0: Gentle listener, it's us, the Bookwork. You're listening to 5 Radio International, or you're possibly listening to us via Starburst Magazine's collection of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Fortune, and I'm
1: here with... Hello, it's Far.
0: So, on today's show, what are we talking about? Well, I'm going to be talking about... 13 minutes for probably about that length of time um,
1: you'll be talking for more than that but still
0: by, by Sarah Pindra and uh, what have eee. you got there
1: uh, right so some some a few weeks ago we reviewed the first volume of The Wicked and the Divine and I've got volume 2 Ooh. so good so shiny
0: but coming up next we have some good news
1: Radio
2: International.
0: So, a uh, book news, um, all sorts of exciting things have been happening. Um, as per usual, I have an adventure this week, actually, but he we'll did. get to that in a moment um, because that's for a future show potentially. Uh, first, first thing coming up: Joanne Harris has reward Johanna jo- jo- Harris. where did you call me that? Uh, wedding, wedding, excellently. Joanne Harris has withdrawn from festival over unreasonable demands. We've had Joe on the show before. Yes. do
1: festival this is yet.
0: Um, no one has said, right? But we can kind of guess by by looking at the the shadows on the wall, sort of a thing. Um, but is
1: it, is it straw on on how?
0: Well, obviously, we're not going to give too many hints because we don't have any money to be sued. So <laughs>
1: yeah, but the station.
0: I mean, it, it, oh, <laughs> oh, yes. It, I need to thank us for. That as well. No, no. Let's let's not go let's there. Let's not. No. So Joanna, Joanne Harris has announced that she's pulling out of a literature festival for the first time in her life um, because of the demanding contract terms. Some of the contract terms are just ridiculous, frankly. Um, so they were paying her fifty pounds, which mm. is which is absolutely nothing for for an appearance. I mean, you know,
1: 50 pounds it, to go and be there for like what, 2 days? 50 for, pounds plus expenses or 50 pounds in
0: It doesn't say, but um,
1: I would assume expenses at least were covered.
0: Let's assume that there's at least, you know, expenses, food's covered, accommodations um, covered, yeah. train and travel's covered. I mean, come on. Um I mean, you know, we we are pretty much nobody and we we try and avoid paying as much as we possibly can when we do an event as well. So, you know, if you're Joanne Harris, Booker Prize winning, chocolate writing, award mm. winning, amazingly lovely, incredibly talented author Joanne Harris. I mean, 50 quid is frankly an insult and it's a credit to her that she's... She she's, she originally said she uh, would. That she, she said She'd she would. she the contract terms then. Um, right, so... we a recovering lawyer in the room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically not to give any other talks for a period of time let's see mm, yeah. uh, the festival in question had demanded six week exclusive ex- clause around the offer holding any other events in the area requested unrestricted filming of her attendance there and five free copies of the book five free copies of the book That's is the- pretty much 50 quid yes mm. um all for the what are going to do with the book? All for Probably put them on quid. some
1: drawers and mm-hmm. hand them out to people in um, goodie bags and stuff like that.
0: I would, I would imagine it would be like you know, we'll get them signed and we'll give them away as some part yeah. of promotion because yeah. um, buy books for goodie bags.
1: I find, I have to say, I find six weeks restricted period to be very, very unreasonable. Yeah because to be fair six weeks is like just over a month and yeah. in a month you could be doing something nearby especially if you have a product out at that point absolutely if you're doing a, I mean, a, it, a signing tour you yeah. will be around it says in the area doesn't it? Is that? Uh, I presume we don't know how that's defined
0: we don't know how that's defined but yeah. I, I mean it's not uncommon to have say you're Sylvester McCoy um, there, there will be a, an exclusivity co- clause, so you don't go, so you don't do Bolton Comic Con one week and Salford Comic Con the following week. Yeah, uh, for those of you who aren't lucky enough to live in Manchester, that's two places that are literally right next door to each other in terms of town.
1: Yeah, but you know, if if you tell me for the period of one week before and one week after, you know, we we, we would ask that you give us this, those two weeks as an exclusive so people will come to see you here. Two weeks I find reasonable. Six weeks I don't find very reasonable.
0: Six six weeks is unreasonable. And also, there's a thing where Olaf is a a different sort of celebrity Mm -hmm. because I I could I will never tire of seeing Joanne Harris.
1: No, well that's another thing as well. Just because you know three weeks ago I went to the bookstore and she was signing books that doesn't mean that I won't come and see her again in three weeks because like you say she's lovely she's interesting she's an author she'll be doing maybe some talks she'll be doing other exclusive stuff so it doesn't take away
0: writers are a different sort of beast in my personal opinion yeah. to, to actors in the sense that though you get some actors who will always deliver a different form of content every time they appear on a panel there are certain naming no Doctor Who pa- companions he will always be telling the same story again and again and again and that's fine that's their job that's what they're doing that's yeah, fine that's what the fans want to hear yeah. but Authors spend their entire day, their entire lives trading in words. They always have something interesting to say. Mm-hmm. That's their job. Yeah. Um. So it's it's brilliant when you have got something like Edge Lit, which is happening soon. Mm. You have got something like Edge Lit. There's a bunch of authors in a room, and it's always great fun. Yeah. I don't understand why authors don't get more work in that kind of domain. Uh-huh. Because some of them are quite shy. I suppose as the um. That is also true. Vision. That is also moving true. on. Yes. Right. Uh, Pan Macmillan has acquired the 4 and 5 Invisible Library series books he <laughs> yeah. um, Genevieve Cogman's Invisible Library series has been picked up by Tor um, Bella Pagan who is the commissioning editor for Tor that's Pam Macmillan's science fiction and fantasy imprint has bought the light, right, right possibly giggling as she does so <laughs> because we, we like the Invisible Library rather
1: you've fans. reviewed it haven't you uh,
0: Genevieve Cogman is lovely um, we had an awful lot of fun with these um, the book's set in October Victorian London they're not really I'm just reading this this bit of blurb. it says those books are set in a Victorian London no they're not they're set in a pan-dimensional library that goes to every other part of, the, of reality where books can be found mm-hmm. if you are in the invisible library you can get anywhere providing they've got books and to be honest why would you want to go anywhere that doesn't have books I know I mean duh true,
1: true. Um, I, mean, I mean crazy as it is we've brought books with us to, to the to the TARDIS that is a broadcasting studio this morning and there are more books outside and we'll take some books home and leave some books here yeah Yes. And there are books. Books everywhere.
0: Books, books everywhere. Well, you can get. I mean, you can go via L Space. This is how we get to work in the morning. Uh, we our, our bookshelves. Because it's better than the East Langs Road. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. I mean, uh, the, the Stobbard Secret Fund of Dome, which is where I live, um, it is stacked and stacked and stacked with books. And by the Why time. you
1: didn't book themselves.
0: Bookland, well, Bookland Towers is adjacent um, that's, that's where the library's stored um, as we go from that library we can travel in L Space to Starburst Towers which also has plenty of books and the fab radio TARDIS if you're not familiar with the show these are all buildings that we record the show at some point um, but anyway going on about the invisible library uh, the burning page will be out um, this Christmas uh, which is the third book in the series um, and the, they are, there's going to be four and five I'm hoping the series runs and runs Mm. Um, I had a a nice little chat with Charlie Strauss about six months ago cool and he's a fan of Genevieve's work as well and he was saying that he was hoping the series would run and run um, and he was kind of expecting it would as well I understand that Genevieve was was kind of, you know, hoping it would do so as well. So it's going to go past a trilogy and onto a hopefully a series that will run and run um because it's a great world. I actually want to roll dice in this world uh, world. I want to role play the invisible library because Ooh. come on, why not? You ma- magical words and all the rest of it.
1: We'll start writing those rules
0: then. Ooh, well. Okay. <laughs> There's a the challenge. If you're listening f- from Cubicle 7. <laughs> um <coughs> you 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 stalking the map of bones i've noticed. Uh,
1: yes, i was just so so um we've we've received copies of the map of bones by Francesca Haig um and it's it's in in um advanced reader copy format so I'm, I'm like looking at it going oh precious precious you're so pretty. So i was just um i was just going through the blurb just to sort of have a peek at what happens next.
0: <laughs> we will review that at place, yeah, we, yeah,
1: we'll probably probably will um but just if, if if you don't know, um and the, the Fire Sermon was the first book in the series, um by Francesca Higgins, published by Harper Voyager. And the second book is
0: there a release date? Um I believe it's Aprilish
1: is Aprilish? Aprilish. um that's very vague big. yes um we'll probably
0: give a, a proper um I received the fireman recently uh, um, talking talking of books coming through um Joe Hill's the fireman by heck is he like his father oh my <laughs> word that's a big book yeah um and it's also a cracking read I've already started on it because it's going to take me a bit of a run up um J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter is the, the more UK's most popular hero in literature closely followed Followed by anybody? Class, Beulah. Sorry, who was? Jacob Allen's Harry Potter is the UK's most popular hero in children's literature. Closely followed by
1: guess. Ooh. Go on,
0: guess. Go on, go on.
1: Yeah, so, children's <laughs> literature and this UK and UK. It's UK. Um, I feel really ignorant. Like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm you, the champion of the world.
0: Close, yeah. close, almost there
1: something else by Ward oh Charlie in the Chocolate Factory Charlie from Charlie in the
0: Chocolate Factory no. Charlie Bucket no no, no 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 kids books kids books
1: Thomas the Tank Engine Matilda oh, oh of course
0: oh it's just one of those because I had exactly the same thing I was like I oh, wonder who the next one is I was like oh of course it's Matilda yeah, of course Matilda. it's Matilda um oh, also also has her own musical at the moment mm-hmm uh, Uh, Another, uh, uh, the third most popular character was another Harry Potter character, Hermione Granger. Yay, Hermione! Followed by Billboard Baggins. Followed by Lara Black. From the uh, his dark materials, oh. that's an interesting choice. Really? Um, uh, Joe March from Little Woman beat, beat Kate, and Everdeen to to uh, on the on the tables. Are
1: those that, two, are those two UK? No, that they're they're, they're, they're they're US. Yeah, both of them.
0: Uh, that, that's where it starts getting a little bit interesting, doesn't it? But it yeah,
1: but like like it's
0: a UK pool, I think.
1: It's oh. a UK pool. Oh, okay. okay. That was unclear to me. Okay, it's so it's a UK poll of children's books, heroes, up to young adult, I'm guessing, because Katniss Everdeen is more... more it's young not old. exactly... Little
0: Women's not exactly...
1: Um, You'd be surprised, I read Little Women when I was six, and mm-hmm. I've read it about 132 times in my <laughs> life. Wow. I am not exaggerating, I would read it and finish it and start it again <coughs> for I, many years. I love it when you find a book like
0: that. I didn't finish. Oh, I, I don't th- I think I've
1: genius. heard about the first chapter and a half. Maybe. I've read... All of the books in the series, because obviously it's not just Little Women. There's a there's a there's a um a set of them uh, that follow the the sisters throughout their lives, and then their children. Ooh. Um, and it's and it it just it 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 defined my life. I would not be the woman I am today if it wasn't for Joe March. So, hang on, did you read that? In Italian or in in English? Both. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Is, it, is it very it different? because no. I'm guessing there must be some sorts of translation. Or no, it's it's actually in terms of translation, is one of the books that's closest in 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 literally word by word. Because I remember okay. when I first moved to the UK and I'd only read it in Italian. I watched Little Women in English, and I could pretty much quote it in English just by translating what I knew in Italian.
0: What am I- early nerd moments as a kid i can't remember how old i would have been i would have been maybe eight is um i made a don quixote joke <laughs> and the teacher laughed and no one else did because no one had a clue what i was talking about apart from the teacher <laughs> no, well, the teacher who, who who'd read it um but
1: yeah joe march would come higher in my in my um list as well because obviously you know when i was little i wanted to be joe
0: i wonder where central Panzer would in my pantheon Sancho Panza. I mm,
1: don't know sidekick fairly famous but but, but, but
0: he's to me he's, fun. To, to me he's the more interesting
1: uh, oh absolutely because really you know he's the hero of, he the, story. The, hero <laughs> of the story he's, he's great <laughs> because uh, you know Don Quixote he's, he's not <laughs> but,
0: but anyway um, uh, other characters include uh, Paddington Bear,
1: <gasps> oh,
0: and Winnie the Pooh. Oh. No. no sign of Rupert the Bear, but that's probably because of those trousers.
1: Well, they're a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> they are a mistake. We don't, uh, don't judge people. Apparently, but well, well, we, we were judging Rupert the Bear's trousers. But we right, were judging the Bear's trousers. But no.
0: apparently, Dolores Umbridge was um, beat Baltimore as well. Wow, Ooh. which which is fair, I think, because mm. she's awful. She She is. She is. She is I think when you meet Harry Potter fans and you're like so he's the biggest villain in the book and they're like well duh obviously Voldemort no, I really I hate Dolores Umbridge
1: uh, no Dolores is just like because she's so real
0: uh, because Voldemort's a cartoon monster yeah and he's, he's he's the dragon at the end of the novel
1: yeah Vol- she's she's like evil incarnate but she's just a woman yeah she's a witch but she's a woman voldemort voldemort is
0: the dragon Mm. he's he's this creature he's this monster he's inhuman Mm. and he's obviously evil whereas the lowest umbridge could be next to you on the bus
1: oh yeah yeah and that's that's like the the terrifying part is she's just so real and what she does is something that anybody could do whether you're a witch or a muggle
0: yeah it's Mm. awful casual casual ignorance and destruction and evil yes and we'll avoid talking about politics <laughs>
1: um, is, is Anne of Green Gables there because that, that would have been like high on my list as well
0: and surely of Anne of Green Gables is Yay. none of the characters from uh, any of the C.S. Lewis books are there hmm? mm. which I find interesting because mm. I adore the C.S. Lewis books and
1: also you know the, those movies
0: yes anyways um, I, I think we should get on and do some book Let's let's
1: talk about books baby
0: So Sarah Pindra, um, a notoriously successful author. Oh, we've talked about the. Deck. What
1: can't she do? Like I'm, I'm really, yeah. <laughs> She's written everything. Like she goes from one site to the other with no issues whatsoever.
0: <laughs> it, the, I, I have noticed some, some, some. Uh, ongoing themes mm. um, but then you get that with lots of authors right. where there's, there's certain things they'll always seem to return to and with 13 minutes which is her latest book um, she does return to one of her favourite topics which is school and children and growing up and coming of age uh, she used to be an English teacher so that's um, no surprise and she has very she has some very rich and interesting having talked to Sarah and having also um, seen some of her talks in the past uh, she has some very rich and interesting memories of childhood um, which is interesting when we talk about 13 minutes because 13 minutes starts with a girl face down a large body of walk- water in a park and it's only because a young man is w- uh, sorry, an older man is walking past walking his dog, uh, Biscuit the dog is called Biscuit, which is a great name for a dog yes um, he sees this body bobbing in the water Phones 999, takes his coat off dives into the water, drags the girl out. The ambulance turns up and the girl is dead. And she stays dead for 13 minutes. And then thanks to the miracle of science and the the miracle of, you know, someone being in the right place at the right time... um, She's brought back to life. Tasha is saved. Now, Tasha has no memory of the last day or so. So she has no idea what happened to her. She she can't remember how she ended up in the water in the first place. Um, She's also one of the most popular girls in school. She leads a clique of girls called the Barbies. Of course she does. They call themselves the Barbies because everyone else did. So, so they might as well so embrace it. So they, they may as well. And and weirdly, the the Barbies, her friends, don't really cope with their friend's resurrection terribly well. They're a little bit freaked out by it. So it's actually her old friend Becca who comes to see her. Uh, now, now Becca, Becca, poor, poor. Poor Rebecca Crisp, a little bit chubby when she was a te- when you know before younger. she hit teenage years, kind of grew it out. But by that time, Tasha had dropped Becca for for Jenny, who was taller, prettier, blonder, mm. um, and formed their own clique. It kind of re- rejected her old school friends um, and kind of had that sort of bit of breakup going on, but. Becca doesn't quite come running. She's she's very reluctant. She's sorted herself out. She's got her own identity, you know. She she's she's big in the art in the arts classes. She likes to paint. She she's the person who does all the props for the the stage production. Um, you know, she, she's she creative wears, and cool. She, she wears a leather jacket and she smokes. And she's got a boyfriend who is a professional guitarist. I mean, you know, as, she, she she's cool. As far as we're concerned, she's winning. But as far as she's concerned, she's you know she, outcast. She's an outcast. And you know, she and she sees her one of her closest friends who hangs around who's just kind, a last called Hannah. She sees her as a you know, a little bit too needy and all the rest of it. She's a teenage girl, mm-hmm. as is Tasha. One of the things we get ni- that's done nicely with this is the different perspectives. So what this is is to thriller, um it's a it's who done it, because we have a girl who almost died. So we're trying to work out the circumstances and we're trying to trace back. And there's a thriller going on there where we're trying to and slowly but surely the various relationships and the various hatreds and various bits and pieces start being revealed piece by piece and Penbro does this partially through uh, Becca talking Um, Becca also keeps a diary at one point Tasha keeps a diary and the diary is very important Um, there are text messages between the other Barbies where they're chatting away and the things that are revealed in there are also quite interesting as well and so on so it's a series of conversations that that are led on throughout the entire of the book it's an extremely well paced Um, and usually for this show this is not a book with spaceships this is not (laughs) a book with dragons Um, there is a dragon at the end (gasps) it doesn't brief out oh boo by which I mean there is there is a denouement yeah. where, where there is confrontation I don't yeah. mean this an actual fact um,
1: but now and then I think we can allow ourselves to do it's cool Pin- books just it, because it's, it's Sarah
0: Pinborough. she's written Torchwood she's written Written London Stone she's you know she's written The Death House mm-hmm. um, you know if we can have Neil Gaiman at our table we can certainly have Sarah Pinborough. Oh, at our you. table absolutely Um and you know, <laughs> unlike unlike other parts of literature, we're not snobs. Um, but yeah, is it any good? Yes, it's brilliant. <laughs> you know what I mean, I, um, um,
1: I'm surprised and shocked. <laughs>
0: um, it's unputdownable. I had uh, I read this uh, pretty much on the bus on the way to London in Monday, um, and couldn't put it down. And it was one of those ones where I, like I had to put it in my bag to to get off the bus. Yeah. And as soon as I was able to find a moment to finish reading it, I finished reading it. Mm. Um, the characters are splendidly drawn, the, uh, the, the, the perspective. Speaking as a white male in his 40s, the different perspectives of different teenage girls... I found really fascinating. I found it really fascinating the way that Paine draws these people and how different they are from me and how different they are from each other as well. Mm. How similar some of the main protagonists are to each other if, if it were not for certain circumstances they'd be, you know, much closer than they are in the book and how different some characters are. There's there's, there's that kind of, there's, there's lovely things like there's, an, there's a bit of inherent British snobbery going on with one of the characters mm. certainly because she's a little bit different and it's just like I only noticed it about halfway through because it's so part of the culture that I'm from. I was <laughs> just like, oh no, hang on, that's complete nonsense. Why do people do that? All right, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm British. Right. I'm uh, moving on. I'm British. Um, it's a strong made of mystery. It's a gripping made of mystery. I really enjoyed it. Um, this is going to be a movie at some point. If this isn't a movie or The Death House isn't a movie, I will eat my hat. My hat, by the way, is made of naturals. I will still. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will buy you a new hat <laughs> made of all the poisonous chemicals
0: <laughs> thanks Limpa it, it's, uh, it's okay nice to know you care yeah um, <laughs> but no I'd be stunned if if one of these doesn't get you know it isn't already in um, you know kind of talks. production talks. i would be absolutely stunned um we use the phrase deliciously dark a little bit too much because we like the alliteration but it is delicious and it is dark um dangerous liaisons but with british comprehensive teenagers not Ooh. really but you know you're in the, the right sort of territory
1: so a bit of cruel intentions there a
0: little bit but again you're in the right territory but it's not the right but not the same story. Mm. You're you in you're in heading towards the same sort of high school bitchiness. Heathers again. You're in the right territory, mm-hmm. um, but you're, you're, it's not the same story. No, um, but
1: you wouldn't want to read the same you story. You'd want to read story. this one.
0: But you know, if if we if you're comparing it to movies, we're looking at Cruel Intentions and Heathers and that. Sort so of
1: thing. cult is this is this a future cult book?
0: Um, I would say that this is a future cult book. I think this is this is the book that if you are. A certain sort of teenage girl who doesn't get Star Wars Lego, doesn't find the attraction of Tom Hiddleston, doesn't get all the rest of that and you pick this up and it grabs you. This is this is the one that you know this is the book that I can see a certain sort of young woman and young man who isn't genre. Mm would, would pick would up. A door read over stuff that she's written and then ha 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 we've got you. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that sounds so like scary. <laughs> Deliciously but, scary.
0: Well 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 no. We've 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 opened you to a series of new new potentials out there. So remind us what's the book and who's it by? So it's by Sarah Pinborough It's on Victor Gollands um it's called Thirteen Minutes. Moving and Totally Involving, I couldn't put it down, Stephen King. Oh my god. Oh, um, wow. I bet your soap and roll would be unsufferable that she's got a Stephen King <laughs> quote.
1: I would be too.
0: Um, yes, uh, it's out now. It came out just last Friday. Um, Pick it up. Absolutely worth your time. <laughs> Day. This is Review International So we got a chance to talk to Justin Richard um, who has written a Doctor Who diary style book. Um, now we Paul out reviewed this on starburst Magazine's website a little while ago um and being Paul he he was a bit grumpy about it because it's Paul I actually quite liked it and we'll be talking about it in the show at some point in the future um but you know it's a diary and it's dr who so we've got all, we've got all the time in the world but here's a lovely chat with mr Richard about his book this is fab radio, is fab international. radio. international international Justin Richard welcome to the bookworm. So, tell us about Doctor Who, 365 Days of Memorable Moments and Impossible Things.
2: Uh, well, it's a very chunky book, actually. <laughs> I didn't thought it was going to be. Um, which basically gives a, uh, a feature article about some aspect of Doctor Who for each day of the year. It's called 365, but in fact we do February 39th as well, so it's actually 366, so we're lying on the cover, I think. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a feature article on each day, which is usually uh, related to something in Doctor Who mythos that happened on that day. And then there's also a, a list of other relevant Doctor Who events for the day, like you know why episodes were broadcast and that sort of thing.
0: How is creating a book like this different from creating, say, fiction or something, something similar? Um, <clears throat> it's,
2: well, it's very different from fiction, although the uh, the articles all uh, about fictional aspects of Doctor Who, but it's sort of—I uh, guess it's closer to doing doing history. Except the history isn't real. Um, yeah, and uh, and they're quite they're relatively short pieces, so it's more like doing feature articles in a magazine I guess. In this case,
0: were you not tempted to go with the five hundred year diary bit?
2: I suppose we could have done it. it. Just seemed nice to do something for each day of the year. That's sort of keeps it very compact as well. With five hundred years, it's difficult to know uh, what to put in, what to leave out.
0: Your, your, your list of things that you've produced for Doctor Who is quite long and quite, uh, quite substantial. Um, and I'm going to ask that terrible question. What were your favourite Doctor Who projects so far? Oh, <clears throat> I don't
2: know, to be honest. I mean, they're all fun when I'm working on them. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't do them, I guess. So um, I get asked if I do school visits and things. Um, kids always say, what's your favourite book that you've written? And, and I always say, well, I've got three if I have to choose... The one I've just finished mm-hmm. because because uh, I'm really pleased with how it's turned out and I can't wait to see what it looks like when it's actually printed in the shops. There's the one I'm working on at the moment because uh, I'm having such fun with it, and there's the one I'm going to do next because even if I don't know what it is yet, I'm I'm excited and can't wait to start. <laughs> so I guess it's the same with the with the Doctor Who stuff, uh, the non-fiction projects as well. Um, they're all they're all such fun to do at the time, and then it's uh, it's great when it's fun fun finish and you get a book
0: if you could have one of the Doctor Who stories that you've written or a story that you've yet to write turned into an episode of the television series what would it be and which Doctor would it feature?
2: Oh, I've no idea <clears throat> um that's a tricky one um and I was, when I was growing up I was a big fan of um, Patrick Tartan's Doctor so I mean it's obviously not possible but, uh, but if, if you could do Dreams of Empire which is a second Doctor novel that I wrote which uh which we recently got years ago uh that would be terrific um but um, I think when I, when I write a Doctor Who novel I, I always sort of see it in my head as if it's an episode while I'm writing it so hopefully they all lend themselves in some way to, to appearing on TV uh, some would be more difficult than others I think the sound of time would be quite difficult to do because there's a lot of touring and in time and, and um, things that happen in, uh, in, in sort of out of sequence
0: Written Horror for Kids and the Time Runner series and this sort of thing. Um, how different is that from, from writing Doctor Who? And will you return to works like Agent Alfie and Time Runners? Uh, it's,
2: it is quite different, yeah. I mean, Doctor Who is, a, is a, a very distinctive thing, it's, it's quite difficult to write or even though you've uh, in theory you can write any story you like, provided it's got the Doctor and the TARDIS and, and maybe a companion in it. But, uh, but actually, there is a, a
0: What's the Thank story behind Diego and Lightfoot? How did that actually come about?
2: Um, that came about because so, we finished in a companion chronicle.
0: of the authors that I talked to would love to write Doctor Who at some point in their career what advice would you have for them
2: And uh, I'm afraid as well, you also need a lot of luck if you want to be a, a published and successful writer. But uh, the good news is that, like with so many things, the harder you work, the luckier you're likely to get.
0: <laughs> um, talking about the world's Doctor Who, what other creative sandpit would you love to play in?
2: Oh, I don't know, really.
0: Why has there been such a rise in things like Doctor Who and the Marvel superheroes? Why, why are we so in love with sci-fi again? Is the sci is the sci-fi and geek culture community as diverse and as welcoming as it thinks it is?
2: I think so, generally. I mean, you're always going to find some people uh, in any community who are uh, either, either you know nicer and more welcoming than others, or uh, less welcoming and more unpleasant than others. And you do get that spectrum. It is uh, it is quite diverse. But uh, but yes, generally, I think I think it is probably because of the the nature of the genre, which is to do with uh, with Times and so on. So there's perhaps a little bit more more tolerance built into it from that. If you were able to lock away one book
0: and have that survive until the end of all time,
2: what would that book be? One of mine, you mean?
0: One of yours, and you can pick one of them as well.
2: <coughs> oh, I don't know. No, I've no idea. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> one of mine. If it was fiction, I'd probably I might pick um, a book called The Chaos Code, which was published by Faber a little while ago.
0: you got to go on one trip with the Doctor uh, at any point in time in history and it's just the one adventure where would you go and which Doctor would you go with?
2: Oh I think I'd go with the, either the second third or fourth doctors, or possibly the tenth probably the second it would be my choice and I'd like to go somewhere in the, in the far future just to see what
0: happens. Some, um, some light and frothy questions just to finish off if you don't mind. Yep. Um, Simpsons or Futurama Sorry, say again? Simpsons or Futurama Daleks or Cybermen? Daleks. Tardises or Sidrats? <laughs> Tardises. And dragons or Starships? Mm,
2: starships. And finally, truth or beauty? Oh, I think um, I think you have to go for truth. I think uh, I think truth has its own
0: beauty. Justin Richards, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. This is Fab Radio International. Fab Radio International. International. Yeah. Appears to have a fit of the giggles.
1: I have is, a fit of the giggles,
0: which is interesting because we're about to talk about. <laughs> well, we're about to talk about. We've got a theme for today's show, I've just realized Teenage matter. <laughs> oh my goodness, Good oh absolutely! It's true,
1: Tina. That's awful, but true. Um, so, so, what book do you have there? I, so, um, I, I've been on a bit of a, of a graphic novel kick lately, um and um, particularly i've i've sort of fallen in love with the wicked and the divine so um having read volume 1 which you reviewed some time ago yeah. um i went and got myself volume 2 and i'm really looking forward to volume 3 Much as well out now. Very it's, very out, it's, it's out it's out right it's out and shiny and so pretty and i want it i want it precious <laughs> um so yes for those for those of you who don't know what this is uh, this is a gillian mccalvey wilson and cal's collaboration um it's called the wicked and the divine and volume two fandomonium um is what i'm talking about today so um very quickly what's the wicked and the divine about um every 90 years 12 gods return to earth as the young people um they get Fame, they're loved they're hated they're they're mimicked the the they're copied they're everything they get everything they've ever wanted in life and then two years later they die that that's pretty much the 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 simple version of the premise uh now during volume one we obviously we get to know what what this world is about what this world with these twelve gods that that return and obviously people know about it you know th- th- there's there's um th- there were they were in the 20s, and, and there, there, there is historic... Well, I say historical. There is proof that every 90 years, a bunch of people declare themselves to be gods. Um, and this time, they've come back as rock and pop stars and, and, uh, and, you know, hip-hop stars, and, generically speaking, sort of like musicians and artists. Um, so in the first volume, um, we meet most of of the pantheon, um and without I mean i, I- if, if you don't want massive spoilers, I would say stop listening now for about five minutes.
0: Oh, no, 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 keep going. Okay.
1: <laughs> but um, because the third volume is now out, I feel quite comfortable in talking about the other two.
0: I think the character design is worth mentioning. And when we say pop star, so Lucifer looks like Bowie.
1: Oh, yeah, Lucifer's Bowie. Manero. Amaterasu is Florence and the Machine. Um, there's, there's sort of like a young, um, moody, Justin Bieber-ish kind of Minerva
0: um, isn't Minerva isn't Minerva Elton John with the
1: oh yeah yeah i suppose the, it is the more big like glasses the big and glasses the, and the and the moodiness and the and then very young and she, she's very very young isn't she um, there's um, Tara,
0: Tara's sort of to, uh, is so...
1: uh of... Mat is Rihanna, basically. Yeah. It's pretty much Rihanna, um, and and yeah, all of them are styled in the fashion of mega stars that have touched the lives of people in the last you know three Mor- four decades.
0: The Morrigan is every female goth star.
1: Oh my God, the Morrigan! I just I, I flipping love the Morrigan so hard, uh, and and you know, um is basically every every sort of like gritty heavy metal rock star uh, a sort of male performer um that does this is it's just And ball's just hot if memory serves (laughs) balls like hip-hop r&b very very yes i'm hot (laughs) everybody wants me so plot 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 so the plot is you know there's the people some people believe these guys are in fact, gods. Some people believe that there's some sort of conspiracy. There's people that have spent their lives trying to figure it out this, this godly riddle. Um, and then there's Ananke, who is this old woman who who is a god, but it's not quiet. And she's there for when the gods reawaken and helps them sort of step into their new lives and guides them and makes sure that, you know, they're not... Because um, they're gods, you know, they could just go, oh, we now rule the world, but th- they're not allowed. Um, the, 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 they're basically, they, they get to leave these two years, make their mark on people, uh, inspire them, influence, and then they get to fade away. Like every good, you know, young, die young, live fast, die young. Uh, a good looking corpse. Pretty much. Um, start in, in in the last oh, 100 years. Um and so the the plot revolves in the first book is pretty much around this this fan girl um Laura um who is I want to say obsessed but she's a fan. She follows these people, she's been to their gigs, she's been there from the beginning. She looks up to them, she loves them unconditionally and um, she gets to sort of meet several of them particularly she she seems to strike this unlikely friendship with lucy um also known as lucifer uh who's a girl lucifer is a girl but is it I- I But is it. it is it mm. it's, it's 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 that that bowie androgynous beautiful uh iconic image um, she has wealth and taste yes oh yeah um and so sort of laura's following lucy around and there's someone's trying to get lucy in trouble and we think it's just lucy but actually as the plot thickens we realize that there's a lot more to it so lucy gets charged with with a murder uh because she clicked her fingers at the wrong time yes she can kill like she can blow up heads just by clicking her fingers because she's a god he's a god it's they're a god um and um and yeah and so so like laura believes that there's, there's more to this than, than than it appears but things get really really wrong and everything collapses and then um ananka has to sort of intervene to protect the godly legacy of the pantheon um and so we step into sort of volume two um and um lucy's just Gone, um, because Ananka had to protect the rest, um, and and we find out that some of the characters that are involved are not what they seem. I'm trying to do it really like spoiler free, but it's really hard. Uh, there's a major
0: mystery element because pretty t- much. T- cause you're saying Ananka has to protect the rest, but Ananka's is quite relieved that Lucy goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's still a whole there's still a whole kind of mystery element because we're not entirely sure. No, what's going we don't on we don't
1: that. know who's trying to like frame these gods for. For, for random acts of godliness and killing people. Um, we, we're not quite sure. I mean, there, there's... Oh, they could just be naughty. Oh, they could just be naughty. They could. It could be just that. But the, there is, there is, as you say, an element of murder mystery about it. Like, who'd done it? Who, what, what's going on in the background? And then it just gets even better. Because, like, there's more gods. And you were told there's only 12. But actually, when you start counting... Not just twelve. I mean, you don't know why, and I really want to know why. Uh, don't we, you want to know why?
0: We meet Warden, don't we?
1: Yes, we meet Warden's. Just weird. Like he's he's this electronic sort of like patch-up boys, Daft Punk, Daft Punk embodiment um, with his Valkyries, and and it's just. He's weird.
0: There, there, there is something, there is something awfully, awfully wrong about Warden. Mm. And, and you, you sit there. It's one of the fun things about I find about the and the Divine is you sit there and you go, "Well, I know Wotan, I know Borden, I know Odin, I know, I know that pantheon, I know that story. Mm. Which version of the myth is is? is this Kieran and Jamie, or Kieran and Jamie cause drawing cause, from drawing from literally in Jimmy was because he's the artist. Would yeah? Where where is it drawing drawing well, this one? Yeah, that's the one of the the god convention in it isn't it
1: yes it's, it's basically this massive convention fandom convention where all of the fans and the gods are in the same place and they have like a city with like they have their own hotel and their own spa and it's just... it's London
0: Expo hmm. it's, it's literally the London Expo
1: and it's really cool because actually you get a map of it with all the notes made by by Laura as she goes around which is the
0: London Expo which for me because there's a, a I believe Jimmy does a drawing of the Expo itself yeah and for me it's like and there's a there's a picture of Laura on the DLR which is what you take to get because when when I've been because I'm a humble journalist Mm -hmm. um i don't really get to live on the boat i don't really get to live like when when something's happening i don't get to live in the expo area I and mean, london expo has like there's a yacht that you can stay on there's a there's a five-star hotel that you can stay on but if you're me there's a youth hostel and a dli that you take or you stay over with, with a friend um and there's this great thing where she's on the, the the train she's clearly you know staying at her parents and then going back to the whole thing and you get a map of the the, the whole you place do, and you it,
1: do you do the other thing that you you get ha-
0: having been there i i it felt so real mm. um
1: it's it's really well drawn and, and really interesting um i was just flicking through the pages because you know this is not only a really incredibly in sort of interesting story it's also so pretty it's just beautifully drawn and 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 I, i've just realized that i've missed like half of the cast because dionysus is there and and he's cool he's like
0: the King of the Rave Party. It it's <laughs> read it to I mean the colourist in this, the colouring in this as well is brilliant yes the, it's, the, the,
1: it's very the, evocative um, it just fits
0: uh, I think a good way to describe it is if you've ever seen well done club flyers then some of the pages so when they're at, the, they at the dance dance off mm-hmm. the, the, the dance party um, the, the colourist has sat down and gone I'm going to make this look like you know a Ministry of Sound flyer pretty much and it, you, you turn the page and you're like oh my god that th- we're at the london fanfian uh page and that looks like i mean it's a gorgeous piece of design in the sense that what they've done is they've taken a london expo map and they've they've made it look fun and amazing and weird but partially this reminds me of a map that i've held in my hands when i've been at the oh yeah. london expo but with all the vandalism and all the notes and all the other really really strange things I love the way that they've changed all the names of the shops as yes. well because uh, London Express full of little shops because it's, it's there to take as much video yeah, as possible but um, the, the God I Need a Coffee Hamachu Sandwiches Ball You Can Eat Buffet Ball You Can Eat Buffet In- <laughs> Inanna and Outbeggars beggars Hamamatsu uh, uh- Hamamatsu uh, uh- ah- hound a Italian <laughs> I probably got that wrong probably Bapo Meat Bapo Meat The Bal Cakery about cake
1: it's just brilliant it's, it's how inspired how would you pronounce
0: that because you know you actually are uh.
1: Uh, it's um, amateragu Italian <laughs> because ragu yeah yes which you know bolognese that's what it is Um, but yeah it's like all of the all of the little notes from from Laura as she sort of drifts through this convention completely and utterly depressed because you know Lucifer's dead and and she feels she hasn't done anything to sort of like help Um, and but everybody she's like the the celebrity of the moment because obviously she was there and she was close to Lucy and she went to visit Lucine prison and all of that, and everyone wants to know what he was like and and all of the gossip and oh my god, tell me how how what was it like to be there while while you know the, the head exploded, and she's like I don't want to relieve all this stuff, <laughs> I just want to like go on and 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 just just not not be like stopped for um, like. Autographs for being me because I haven't done anything with my life that's worth making an autograph for. I'm going to
0: be very careful how I describe this, and it's kind of off offside from a book review. But I was at Glasgow Comic Con last year, and um those issues that are now that form that book had had literally had come out like mm. a couple of months previous, I think roundabout. A, my timing's roundabout, right? Um, and there was a young lady. Who physically resembled Laura? Mm -hmm. So decided to cosplay on the first day as Laura, Mm -hmm. and each cosplay she did on the the subsequent days was a different Laura from the books. Oh, and she'd followed it very closely, right? Um,
1: To the point of the end of volume two, where you go flippy neck,
0: where things start hotting up for the next volume, which was Uh important. Um, But but by it's all. Did you enjoy it? I loved it.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I I like need more. This is just it's my new my new thing now. Um it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's it's intense. It's different. It's original. It's everything that you would want from a graphic novel to just be transported somewhere else and be engaged. It's just so interesting. I mean, I'm I'm big on mythology generically speaking. So for me anything that's like um anything that's like Sort of myths of and legends that revolve around gods and any adaptation and modernisation. I I, you've got me, you've got my interest, and this is done beautifully. Like I can't recommend it enough. I'm really looking forward to volume three. I really hope they keep sort of the story as as punchy as it's been, Um, and I'm just dying to know what happens next.
0: show, I think we'll skip straight to the end uh, if you have any complaints you can contact us on letters at starburstmagazine.com uh, alternatively you can get in touch with us via Radio Bookworm on Twitter, Facebook or Tumblr uh-huh. uh, I have been your host Ed Fortune
1: and I've been Nympha Hayes The Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Fab Radio International and Starburst Magazine presented by Ed Fortune and Nymphahaze, Hayes produced by Anne Davis Like, subscribe and share on Mixcloud and iTunes